0: This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports Betting Network. It is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on v the Sports Betting Network, coming to you live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. And we've got so much action going on into this weekend. It's absurd. College football. NFL. Major League Baseball postseason. The heavyweight title is on the line this weekend. We're going to cover it all right here on The Look Ahead. Thursday night football kicked off week five in the NFL with the Rams going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks 26-17. They cover the line. It was a small spread, just about two, two and a half, depending on when you got it in or where you got it. And uh, one of the more popular teaser spots was the Seahawks, and they do not cover the teaser line of eight or eight and a half because the Rams kicked a field goal at the end to go up nine. Well, here's what happened in this game. Russell Wilson hurt his finger in the third quarter. It looked nasty. I thought he broke his finger. Uh, They're calling it just a sprain right now, but he'll be evaluated, and they're going to see what's going to happen moving forward. But he came back in. He got it taped up. He came back in. Tried to tough it out. Couldn't do it. So Geno Smith comes in the backup and takes over. Geno Smith, former second round pick of the Jets, who was let go after really not no time and and nothing going uh, for his Jets career. Uh, went goes to the Giants. Now he's with the Seahawks. He, he's just a backup quarterback, but a serviceable backup quarterback. You know, Geno Smith had a nice little uh, run in college at West Virginia, and you know he's been okay in the NFL. Not a starter, but just a good backup. So he comes in, leads a touchdown drive, and this is a game. After he throws a touchdown pass to DK Metcalf, you know, it's a 16-14 game. Uh, The Rams then get a touchdown. It's 23-14, and the Seahawks come back back down the field. They get a field goal, 23-17. They play defense. They stop the Rams, they get the ball back, and, well, Geno Smith does what Geno Smith has always done. Um, He throws an interception. On the first play, he tries to target Tyler Lockett on a timing pattern. Lockett slips down, so it's not really Geno Smith's fault, but Lockett falls down, and uh, the ball gets intercepted. The Seahawks' defense does its job. They hold the Rams, and on fourth down, Sean McVay elects to kick a field goal to make it a two-possession game. Can't fault him for it. It's the right play there. Some people were saying, hey, with uh, you know just a couple of seconds left, like just go for the first down and try to end the game. And if you don't get it, well, then you don't get it, and there's no time left for the Seahawks to do anything. But what's the saying, right? A bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. So you take the nine-point lead, and you kick it off, and you know that the game is over, right? There's no chance. Because even if, let's say, they go for the first down, yes, if they make it, the game is over. But if they miss it, technically there is still a chance. You never know what could happen. A Hail Mary, a defensive pass interference, something. There's there's. You don't want to get that. You don't want to get it there. So take the points, kick the field goal, and that's what Sean McVay decided to do. So yeah, it stings uh, to lose the Seahawks teaser, but the Rams get the win. They improved the four and ones. They bounced back from their loss to the Cardinals last week, and the Seahawks now at two and three, the, there's got to be some cause for concern. It's not just your standings now. It's also with potentially losing your quarterback, Russell Wilson, who has the longest active streak Of consecutive games starting and if he misses any time the season could get away from this Seahawks team you take a look at their schedule moving forward they play at the Steelers next week should be a winnable game because the Steelers have been so bad this year but it's gonna be a desperate Steelers team it'll be Sunday night football nationally televised and you know that crowds gonna be rowdy so, uh, that home field advantage for the Steelers could come into play there. And, uh, you know, that could be a tough game. They then host the Saints. They host the Jaguars, should be a winnable game. At the Packers is tough. Hosting the Cardinals is tough. Going to Washington for a Monday night football game, not exactly easy. Uh, they host the 49ers, that's tough. They're at the Texans, which is easy. At the Rams is tough. Hosting the Bears, they should win. Hosting the Lions, they should win. And then they wrap up their season at the Cardinals. Um, There's not many games on this schedule where they will be favored in, uh, even with a healthy Russell Wilson. Right now, I look at them as a favorite, a guaranteed favorite, because you never know what some of these lines are going to be. But I think they're a guaranteed favorite in one, two... Three, four games, I think they're a guaranteed favorite in. So if they win those four games, they're a six-win team. And now, where are you going to find four other wins, five other wins to try and make the playoffs? Because in the NFC, it's going to take double digits to get into the postseason as a wild card. You're not going to be able to go nine and eight and make the playoffs. Seventeen game schedule. You have to at least have ten wins. You have to at least be ten and seven, and ten and 7's just might not even be good enough. Y- you might have to be eleven and six to make the postseason in the NFC. You know the Panthers are off to a three and one start. The Bucks are off to a three one start. Packers three and one. Cowboys three and one. And in your own division, Cardinals four and zero, and Rams four and one. At two and three. Times are, you know, it's getting late early, as uh, Yogi would say, for the Seattle Seahawks. So that's your Thursday night football wrap-up. As I mentioned, the Seahawks, their next game is going to be uh, at the Steelers on Monday, on a Sunday night football, so winnable game, um, but should be a tough one to play. The Rams, meanwhile, will visit the New York football Giants, so uh, they will be favored on the road in that game in Week 6. Uh taking a look now at the Thursday college football games, which uh if you followed me on Twitter at Scott's on air, if you listen to this show, we gave you the winner for Thursday night and it was one of my picks for the week and it it was Houston to cover the six or six and a half point spread depending on where you got it in and this game uh, against um against Tulane was over after the first quarter. And then a real sweat through three quarters. So what happened was, uh, at the, a, after one quarter, this was a 14-0 Houston lead. And after one quarter, Tulane had no offense. Houston was living up to the hype. They were living up to the recap, that I, the, the write-up that I gave, which was how the number four defense in the country was going to be able to stop anything that Tulane was going to be able to do. But then Tulane scores a touchdown. They get the two point conversion. It's 14 to 8. Houston kicks a field goal. It's 17 to 8. And then on a third and 13, with about two minutes or so left in the first half, from the 39 yard line, Tulane runs the ball essentially to just set up a field goal. And it's not a give up play, it was just a play where they're running the football and just thinking, hey, if we get a big chunk here, we'll think about it going for it on fourth down. And if we get tackled here for just a three, four-yard game, we're going to improve our field goal position. We're not going to take any chances by throwing the ball because, hey, we're losing 17-8. Let's at least get get ourselves three points here, and we'll go into the locker room down a possession. They hand the ball off, and He's loose. 39-yard touchdown run. Tulane takes the lead. All of a sudden, my bet is looking terrible. Uh, Tulane then score, Uh Houston then went for it on a fourth down in the, in the third quarter at the, the first possession of the fourth quarter. They didn't get it. Tulane scores a touchdown, and now Houston's losing. But then in the fourth quarter, Houston turned it on, and they started to act like the number four defense in the country, uh, pressuring uh, the quarterback, multiple sacks. There was a strip sack fumble. And uh, they go on to win 40 to 22, covering the six and a half point spread. So, to uh, Houston, improves the five and one to lane one and five. The other Thursday night game saw number 15, Coastal Carolina, cruise to a 52 20 win over Arkansas State. The total in that one was 72 and a half, and it hit 72. That stings. And there was actually a two-point conversion try by Arkansas State that was missed uh, at the end. So Arkansas State scores a touchdown when it was, um, I think that's what made it, when it was 38-20. to So it's 38-14, to and Arkansas State scored. They made it 38-20, and they went for two because if they would have gotten it, it would have been a two possession game a 16 point game they missed the two point conversion and the uh, uh, coastal carolina goes on to score a couple more touchdowns and they make the final score 52 to 20 if arkansas state just kicked the extra point there total would have hit 73 and the 72 and a half would have gone over instead 72 and a half goes under as the game sits on 72 coastal covers though they were a 19 and a half to 20 point favorite and they cruise to the 32 point victory 52 to 20 they are now 6 and 0 on the season Uh, We got Friday games in college football, including number 5 Cincinnati and number 22 Arizona State, both hosting games. Uh, We have four Major League Baseball games on Friday. We got to recap the Major League Baseball games from Thursday coming up. And, of course, a full slate of NFL games on Sunday, college football on Saturday, and the heavyweight title fight. We can't forget about that. It's here in Las Vegas. This is an incredible weekend of sports. We're going to talk about it all right here on The Look Ahead with me, scott's Edinburgh, follow along on twitter at scott's on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r follow us all at vcin live it's the look ahead here on vcin the sports betting network
2: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March twentieth live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
0: on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell, plus it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 and over, Learn more and find your local retailer at Zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. One quick note on the Thursday night football game in the NFL. On last night's show, I read the article from NFL.com. About Sean McVay talking about wanting to get Robert Woods more involved in the offense because Robert Woods looked frustrated last week after he scored a late touchdown. And I said Robert Woods over 60 and a half receiving yards was the prop to do. I also thought about the over five and a half receptions, but I said, you know, you're better off taking the yardage as opposed to the receptions, but both of them were good bets. Because Sean McVay said it to the media. He made it a point that they wanted to get Robert Woods more involved in the offense. Well, how's this for more involved in the offense? 12 catches on 14 targets for 150 yards. Robert Woods, well over his reception prop, well over his yardage prop. Kind of mad at myself that I didn't uh, personally play it. Um, I was heavily invested in the college football game tonight. Uh, you know, kind of mad that I lost out on what seemed like free money. But glad that I said it on the show so any of you played it, you know, congratulations. Good. Nice little cash there. Speaking of cashing, if you took both favorites in the Major League Baseball postseason, you cashed. In fact, if you took favorites in the four games tonight, you cashed. Like, the books probably got hammered tonight. When you consider the Astros were a favorite, they won. The Rays were a favorite, they won. Houston was a favorite, they covered. Coastal Carolina was a favorite, they covered. And the Rams were a favorite, they covered. I bet you there's a lot of people out there that hit some parlays here on Thursday night. But speaking of the baseball, game one of the ALDS between the Astros and the White Sox goes to Houston. 6-1, the Astros cover, they cover the run line. The game goes under the total of 7.5. Lance McCullers allowed just four hits through six and two-thirds innings, and Lance Lynn got lit up. It was Tony LaRusso's decision to go with Lance Lynn to start this game. Um, there might have, there, you know, a couple other ways he could have gone. Uh, he could have, you know, maybe gone with Giolito or someone else. Giolito's going to pitch in game two, but he goes with Lance Lynn, the experience factor, and Lance Lynn just gets lit up. Five runs allowed for Lance Lynn in three and two-thirds innings, and uh, the White Sox just couldn't get anything going against uh, McCullers, and so Houston takes a one-game-to-none lead with a 6-1 victory. And then the Rays and the Red Sox, I actually love this race, uh, th- this game for the Rays, and it's one that I talked about last night because I think the Red Sox feeling a little good about themselves after beating the Yankees in the wild-card game. They celebrated uh, pretty hard. For winning just a wild card game. I I, I never really like it when teams do that because you didn't really win anything. I mean, you got into the playoffs. It's pretty much it. You know? Uh they took a nice team photo on the field after the game. It just kind of made it seem like they were content with their season being over, as long as they just beat the Yankees and kind of advanced to the playoffs. Uh they go into Tampa and get absolutely nothing off of Shane McCle- McClanahan who throws five shutout innings, allowing just five hits. The Tampa bullpen continues to be lights out. Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, he allowed two runs in uh, one and two-thirds innings and got the early pull because, you know, the two runs that he allowed early on, um, you know, thanks to a Wander Franco double, and um, and he gets the early hook. So they go to Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards, you know, doesn't he gets him out of the uh, the inning. Uh, Nick Pavetta then takes over, and Pavetta goes four and two-thirds, allowing four runs, three runs on four hits. The Rays win five to nothing. Randy Arena. not only does he homer in this game, he also stole home in the seventh inning that was just absolutely incredible, something that you just don't see anymore in Major League Baseball. So the Rays win, they cover the run line of one and a half, The under in that game hits as well. So both games go under with both favorites winning. And now uh, we got four games coming up on Friday here. Both game twos between the Rays and the the Red Sox and the Astros and the White Sox. And then game ones of the NLDS, Brewers, Braves, and Dodgers Giants. Uh, As for the White Sox-Astros game two, that's going to be your first game. It'll be Framber Valdez against Lucas Giolito. And the Astros, as you would expect, are favored in that one. It's not as high as game one, though. It's a a small line of, right now, minus uh, minus 120 now. So it's gone up a little bit from minus 115. Minus 120 for the Astros. Even money, plus 100 for the White Sox. For the Red Sox, it'll be uh, Chris Sale. He will get the start against Shane Baz for the Rays. And the Rays are minus 135, Chris Sale and the Red Sox plus 115. So if you believe that Chris Sale can even up this series, you get plus 115 on the Red Sox on the money line in Game 2. For Game 1 of the Braves and the Brewers, Charlie Morton against Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns and the Brewers, a minus 155 favorite over the Braves, who are at plus 135. The total in that one is 7. And then the game of the day is the Dodgers-Giants, the most anticipated postseason series. All season long, we've been waiting for these two teams to play each other in the postseason. It's a shame that it has to be done in the division series and not in the NLCS, but... That's just the way that the format works. So you have the two best teams in Major League Baseball, the two best records in Major League Baseball playing each other in the divisional round, and the Giants will send Logan Webb to the hill against Walker Buehler for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a minus 120 favorite over the Giants. The Giants are even money at plus 100. Now, if you don't mind spending some juice, and maybe if you're looking, you know, you can find a parlay partner or whatnot. The Giants at plus a run and a half are minus 180. It's I know it's a lot of juice with minus 180. I don't usually like to play 160 is my limit. I don't usually like to play anything higher than minus 160. But the San Francisco Giants this season, as a run line underdog, so whenever they are getting a run and a half, they are 44 and 13. So they have covered that run line. 44 times and only lost it 13 times. They are 44 and 13 as a plus 1.5 run line underdog. So it's minus 180. I know it's not ideal to keep playing things that are that high juice, but if you can pair it with something else, or if you just want to lay it, lay the juice, lay the juice. Minus 180. um, The Giants... 44-13, Forty-four and thirteen—that's the record. And uh, I think you know I'm going to play the Giants in every game of this series because I think the Giants win this series. I think the Giants are the the pick for the World Series, and this is a team that just continually just get is being disrespected. Right now, the Dodgers are your favorite to win the World Series at plus two forty, Astros plus four fifty, Rays plus five hundred, White Sox plus seven fifty, the Giants plus seven fifty, Brewers plus eight hundred. Braves plus 1,100, Red Sox plus 1,500. Uh, To win the leagues, the Dodgers plus 125 to win the National League, Brewers plus 330, Giants plus 330, Braves plus 500. In the American League, Rays plus 210, Astros plus 210, White Sox plus 350, Red Sox plus 500. Now your series props. After the Astros took game one against the White Sox, they have moved up to minus 270. To win that series over the White Sox the White Sox are plus 225 the Rays have shot up to minus 360 to win that series versus the Red Sox who are now at plus 290 the Brewers are a minus 140 favorite to win the series against the Braves who are plus 120 and the Dodgers a minus 170 favorite to win the series against the Giants who are plus 145 the plus 145 for the Giants is a play for me Giants to win this series against the Dodgers uh, that's to me just so disrespectful for a team that has home field advantage and is as good as the San Francisco Giants coming up next we're gonna get into the NFL the entire Sunday slate for this week five with our good friend James Alberino, spread investor on Twitter he will join us in studio here with me Scott Seidenberg on the look ahead from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Don't forget, follow on Twitter at ScottsOnAir and at V-CIN Live. This is VSin the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Zadenberg back here. The look ahead here on v the sports betting network, coming to you live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. The man to my side is James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor, one of the sharpest guys when it comes to the NFL. And I love just looking at the board with James every single week and, and just trying to figure out where the angles are. Full disclosure, bud, I lost the uh, teaser on the Seahawks plus eight and a half as the first leg. My second leg was the Buffalo Bills. So I think I'm going to reapply and I'm going to do the Bills Mm. again. But I need to find a second leg. I need a dance partner. Who's the best dance partner on this board for a season? Well, if
4: it was a couple days ago, the Vikings, I thought were great. That got steamed
0: Mm. a lot. Yes, Uh,
4: That got steamed up to 10 at some books now from seven and a half. It's at
0: 10 right now on DraftKings. Yeah. Um,
4: I do like the well. The Bills, I agree with you for sure on on plus eight and a half. Um, I like the Browns teasing them up. You get them through mm. seven two at, Even at the with Chargers' shoulder. You know, I think the run game is going to be big in that game. The Chargers okay. won soft spots the run defense. That game versus the Chiefs, that was the one big thing that could have hurt the Chargers was the run game. But the Chiefs haven't gotten much going on the ground this year with Edward Hilaire. But the Browns with Chubb and Hunt, I think, can get the run game going and. And put Baker in higher
0: percentage chances. What about? uh, I was thinking about the Ravens pushing them down on Monday night. Ravens, yeah. That's my survivor pick. I'm going, I'm doing a little game theory this week. Yeah. You know, the first couple of weeks of the season, I like to just survive in advance. Now that we're into week five, I'm I'm trying to play a little strategy now. So I'm going with the Ravens. I'm saving, you know, the Bucs. I'm saving, you know, a couple other teams. And I'm just going to root for chaos and maybe the Vikings lose. I don't know. But, uh, I'm gonna, you know, try to avoid some of these teams. So I'm going with the Ravens as my survivor pick. So the Ravens might be my uh, teaser partner. Tease them down from seven to one.
4: Yeah, I mean the Colts, the offensive line's a shell of itself with the injuries and everything. And the Ravens got right. They they have injury the guys coming back from injury. It's a good spot Monday night at, yeah. uh, at home. Uh, how many people want to wait for the second leg of a teaser until Monday <laughs> night? That's another story, but you at least get uh, two good legs in, in that teaser. Uh,
0: the Sunday slate will start bright and early. It's a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time start, 6.30 a.m. Pacific. Over in London, the Jets and the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are favored by three. The total is 45 and a half. What I found interesting, James, is that so many people talk about overs in London. Mm. It's not accurate. And maybe for a time it was but the last 11 london games they're eight and three to the under these are two pretty bad offenses and the jets defense has been you know playing pretty well i know the falcons defense is bad but 45 and a half can this game go under
4: i think it's a good number i'm not looking to play it either way i i agree with you i thought the the over narrative with london games was was Talk about way too much. The Jets game versus the Titans the other day. Granted, the Titans had injuries on the, the offensive line as the game went on, but the Jets finally took a big step forward defensively. The defensive line looked really, really good. Quinn and Williams, the rush from the edges was a lot better than it was the first couple of games. And now, you put them in a position where you have a new head coach. It's first time prepping for a London game. Can you really rely on that offense being... Sharp enough for you to depend and and have enough confidence. Both
0: of these rookie head coaches. There you go. Not knowing what to expect. Can you be confident
4: enough putting money on a ticket where teams and coaches are in unfamiliar territory Mm -hmm. and now going and playing overseas? It's not a something that I think is one of the better bets on the board. I just Um, think it'll be an ugly game. Six thirty a.m. West Coast action. (laughs) Maybe play it, but
0: ugly game, stinker. Uh, Next game on the board, Eagles and Panthers. I I like this Panthers team. They're laying just the field goal at home. Christian McCaffrey could very well play in this game. And when I look at this Eagles team, defensively, when they lost Brandon Graham, they lost the heart of their defense. Mm -hmm. And they have not been the same team that we saw in week one. And also, now that we know a little bit more about the Falcons, can we kind of go back to that week one performance by the Eagles and Acknowledge that it really wasn't that impressive after all.
4: Yeah, and the problem with the Eagles' middle linebacker, the coverage against running backs is tough. And even if if McCaffrey doesn't play, if you have Chuba Hubbard and and the Panthers are able to get him matched up, who they want in the line on the linebacker corpse? it's going to help Carolina. Carolina's defense is great. The problem with Carolina last week in that game versus versus Dallas, that was a terrible week to get hurt at secondary. Mm. JC Horn getting hurt the week before the Thursday night game, and then C.J. Henderson, who they traded for to fill that void, isn't active and ready to go for that game in particular. So Carolina's defense, this should
0: be a a spot for them to get right. I also think it's a boost. They traded for Stephon Gilmore. He's not going to play for a couple of weeks. But that should tell the team that the organization's going for
4: it. Just had this conversation off air. You make that trade, you're saying we're going all in. We really believe in this defense. You can't let a front seven like that with Brian Burns, how good their pass rush has been. You don't want to waste another year. You have a really good core right Mm -hmm. now, and you have an offense that you have a quarterback who's playing really confident right now who you've got low. Running back one, Sam Darnold. (laughs) You have a lot lot of options. This is a team, I like the identity of this team. They, they, They can play they play an aggressive style, but don't make many mistakes on offense. And um, I think on both sides of the ball, yeah, I think Carolina is the better team.
0: Yeah, I think that's the right side of this game mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I'm scared of this Packers-Bengals game. The line has moved down now to two and a half. Uh, I, I don't think I'm confident in either side because I think this goes either way. To me, it's a stay-away game. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Cincinnati Bengals win this one outright.
4: I think this is a situational spot that's tough for Green Bay because... They play that game Sunday night versus San Francisco. That game goes down to the wire, and then right after that game ends late, and they travel late Sunday night coming back. They have another big game to get ready for for uh, against Pittsburgh. Now, non-conference road game, the least important in terms of tie-breaking qualifications. So, if there is a game where Green Bay has a prep week that's not as sharp as what they've had the last 2 or 3 weeks. This is one of them. That said, it is tough to bet against Aaron Rodgers and and the way he's playing. Cincinnati's front line, the defensive the defensive front for Cincinnati's been good. They they picked up a lot of guys in the offseason that have been good and and they're a lot better than they were last year and and Burrow with that offense Is really good. That game against the Bears, I thought that was more fluky. I don't think you're going to see three
0: interceptions on three straight passes. I
4: I think that's going to be the outlier this year for the Bengals. I think you're going to have more games where Burrow and Chase and Higgins and these guys, it's a good offense. Mixon's now healthy. They've had three extra days of prep after the Thursday night game. So situationally, this is a better spot for the Bengals.
0: The Patriots are laying eight and a half on the road against the Texans. You don't normally see rookie quarterbacks laying north of a touchdown on the road. Then again, the other rookie quarterback on the other side has been atrocious.
4: That's the angle I'm playing in this game. Davis Mills under 205 and a half yards. Played three games so far. Okay, one, he came in at halftime. Most he's thrown is 168 yards. That was last week versus Carolina. Some of that came second half when the game was pretty much out of hand. Uh, He threw for 87 yards last week versus the Bills. They crushed him. Um thrown for five point six yards per attempt on the season. And he's had he has sixty-seven attempt pass attempts on mm-hmm. the year. Thirteen of those attempts either ended in a sack or a turnover. Wow. That's nineteen percent of his his snaps, his dropbacks, pass attempts, sack or a turnover. You're going up against Bill Belichick's defense. That game plan Sunday night versus Tom Brady. What mm-hmm. Belichick did was unbelievable. Matthew yeah. Judon was all over the field. Brady was scrambling outside of the pocket. Granted, it was raining, but if you're getting Brady off his spot that much, sure. New England's defense is starting to do what they and, were supposed to do. And we know
0: Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks as well. I love uh, this under. You love the under 39.5. No, no, no. The, the Oh, under. Yards Davis under 205.5. Okay. Would you lay the 8.5 with New England? Textbook,
4: it's not a great play. I think it's going to cover, though. Would, would you I let. What I let. Yes, yeah. I think I think New England's a good teaser, but if it's at nine and you're in a situation if you have a book where you're losing on on the three that you brought down, not ideal. That said, I think New England can cover with margin.
0: Yeah, they're eight and a half right now on DraftKings, so you could tease it down to two and a half, and and
4: Houston's he, defense is not good.
0: Yeah, so I think that's the comfortable play. Uh, you know, I don't usually like laying that many points on the road. Right, this would be a spot to do it and against the, Texans the team. Like the, Texans. Loo-
4: the Texans are losing every week by double digits. Yeah. And after what we saw Sunday night in the rain, mm-hmm. is Mac Jones the typical rookie
0: quarterback? Yeah, right now he's the front runner. Right now, for he's off- right now
4: he's, he looks like the best one.
0: Yeah, he clearly is the best yeah. one. Uh, he's James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. I'm Scott Sandberg. You follow me at scott's on air we will continue to break down this nfl board i gotta ask you about the jacksonville jaguars and your thoughts on this urban meyer situation and how it's going to translate to the on-field performance for this Jags team against the titans coming off a loss to the new york jets that and more coming up next right here on the look ahead on vcin the sports betting network This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you the look ahead here on vSIN, the sports betting Network joined in the studio once again by James Alberino you follow him on Twitter at spread investor we're going through this NFL slate and we left off uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars James and I'm curious your thoughts because to me this is an auto fade spot. Everything that you read coming out of Jacksonville this week has been about the Urban Meyer situation. Mm -hmm. It's been about the players' response to it. There was an early report this week that the players were laughing at him when he left the meeting room. Mm -hmm. Um, He's having to answer questions about his job security. There's been a lot of talk about Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer. There's been no talk about the Titans. And there's one thing that NFL teams hate, and I saw it firsthand when I was covering the Jets, and they had Tim Tebow as a backup quarterback. NFL teams hate distractions. I wonder how much this team is preparing for the Titans versus how much they're doing damage control inside that facility. So I'm going to fade the Jaguars, and I'm going to lay the four with the Titans on the road.
4: Yeah, the thing with this game, the obvious, of course, with that this entire prep week had to be so many put-fire-out meetings and, and... all over the place, and kind of like, you know, your you, your teacher's out from school is a little bit of chaos going on. <laughs> you got to clean some things up. Um, the health of Tennessee is is big. Sure. Uh, I don't see Tennessee losing this game. How do they lose this game? You, you have a, a good coaching step After losing get it done right. Yeah. Um, but it it is worth mentioning that the Titans did lose to the Jets because of how banged up they were. Mm-hmm. So. Going into this weekend, I think how healthy the Titans are and who they're bringing on to the field is going to be key because part of it was they were banged up versus the Jets. Part of it was I think they thought they could get away and win that game with managing some reps and, and playing a, a weaker team. They were down to their third string right tackle mm-hmm. towards the end of the game. Julio and A.J. Brown weren't out. So let's see where the injury reports are to see how strong of a play it is on the 4.5. I mean, free money line parlay piece. If you want to throw two teams in and and pair this with another another favorite and get a good payout, I, I don't um, hate that. But uh, yeah, what a joke in terms of urban play.
0: All right, let's get to our favorite plays here because yeah. th- these are games that we haven't touched on yet, and they're and they're like favorites ones. First one, I'll I'll go first. Are the Giants. The Giants are six and a half point dogs now. They were seven against the Cowboys. Tough divisional game, right? So we know that that those can always be close but the giants are on an 18 and 3 run against the spread as road underdogs and they are 7 and 0 against the spread in back to back road games so the second of a back to back they're 7 and 0 against the spread in that role 18 and 3 run 7 and 0 run tell me why i shouldn't bet the new york giants in this game
4: my first look in this game was not the new york giants okay um Dak's numbers against the Giants are incredible. That's one reason. And as I spit these numbers out, doesn't necessarily mean I'm on the Cowboys, but Dak's 7-0 and against the Giants. Mm. 16-2. Uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio in those seven games. Five of those seven wins were by seven points or more. Dallas has had the Giants' number. Now, I personally, as a Giants fan, I, I, I'm way better at fading the Giants. <laughs> when I bet on the Giants... Take yeah. what I say with a grain of salt. When I bet against the Giants, you should bet against them because I'm not looking to bet against them. Um, I've seen this game from two different angles, and I want to lean on the Giants mm-hmm. with that road underdog trend. I just don't want to overvalue some of these trends. Okay. And that's my thing. I, I do think matchup-wise, though, the Giants' secondary, and everyone who they've brought on the last two years in the secondary, it, it, they have the pieces and the personnel as much as anybody, really, to compete with with Dallas' wide receivers. Um, I've, I haven't i have been sold on Daniel Jones, and that's the funny thing and the tricky part with this game is the Giants are down 11 points with seven minutes versus the Saints. If they lose that game, if yeah. there's no comeback, are we talking confidently about Daniel Jones right no, now? Are and, I'm we talking, even, and I'm not are bringing up. Yeah, you're yeah, not, I'm bringing not, I'm not bringing sure up trend at all. We're talking about Daniel Jones' 8-22 as a starter, and the and, and the Giants are struggling with him. Now we have to make that shift and say, well, wait, his yards per attempt is as high as it's been in his career. He hasn't thrown. So that's where this game, how, what's the real handicap? Is it the trend? Because the Cowboys are really, really good, mm. and they can cover a lot. So I haven't made a bet yet on this game, and I see both sides.
0: You know, maybe you know, it could be just fading the high. Like, everyone's on the Cowboys now because of how well they're playing. People are considering them as a legit contender in the mm-hmm. NFC postseason, mm-hmm. And uh, this could be a fade the public type game. If you look at the betting splits, I'm sure they're going to be overwhelming yeah. in favor of Dallas because it's America's team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of trends, I got a really good one here. And this comes from this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly, which if you guys aren't getting Point Spread Weekly every week, do yourselves a favor, go to vcin.com, make sure you're getting Point Spread Weekly because it's going to help you win these games. Pre buy stats because bye weeks start next week. The San Francisco 49ers play their pre buy week game this Sunday against Arizona. The 49ers are on a 9 and 1 straight up run, 8 and 2 against the spread in their final game before a buy in a divisional contest. Collectively, the 49ers going up against this uh, in this spot here. And we know they're coming off a loss last week, tough game. But Arizona is at home, riding the high off of their you know great divisional win against the, the Rams. The 49ers are on an 8-2 run against the spread in their last 10 as a road underdog. And Arizona is 0-7 against the spread in their last seven games at home versus opponents after, the, after a conference loss. So the 49ers fit the mold there coming in off the loss. Mm -hmm. The 49ers fit the mold of the road underdog. And the 49ers fit the mold of playing in their final game before their bye week. I I just can't. I I know Arizona's been great. They're four and other. The only only undefeated team left in the NFL. But I'm going to be on the 49ers here.
4: This is a good situational handicap from a couple angles aside from the pre-bye. Why I think the the pre-bye is so important is because San Francisco here is at two 2-2, and two, off of two losses in a row. Arizona 4-0. San Francisco loses this game. They're now three games down in the win column, and they lose the tiebreaker if it comes down to that. So they're essentially four games back behind Arizona. Any chance of winning the NFC West, that's done if they lose this game. The other thing you're getting, you're getting an inflated line because Arizona just beat the Rams the way that they did. They are 4 0, last undefeated team. What well, plays into San Francisco's hand in this game, aside from the situation and the trends, is a playbook situation for Trey Lance mm-hmm. and Arizona on the other side. There's going to be plays that get run and called that game that Arizona has never seen on film. There's things that you, you, you have leverage in this case if you're Kyle Shanahan because you could say, all right, Arizona's prepping and they're in meeting rooms. There's no way they're going to be able to prepare for this play because we're putting it in in the last two weeks or yeah. the last week. So that's definitely an advantage for Trey Lance. I think certain things that Trey Lance put on film last week, take with a grain of salt. He was trailing well, that in seven that three game. That yard
0: touchdown was a busted coverage. Jamal Adams, they were, he was playing zone. Everyone else was playing man. Yep. So I don't really – I take that touchdown and throw mm-hmm. it away. I don't look at that touchdown at all.
4: There'll be a lot of runs. They'll try to take advantage of the outside runs against mm-hmm. Arizona. And getting getting five points, if they could, they could get out and – Strike first because Arizona's coming off that little bit of a hangover situation. Go up 3 nothing, or, better yet, 7 nothing. Getting five and a half, five 5 is, is a good number there.
0: What's another uh, spot that you like here? you got Raiders hosting the Bears. Uh, it's going to be Justin Fields, which I think is just hilarious because it was Andy Dalton all week, but now it's Justin Fields because probably ownership, came down to Matt Nagy and was like, you're starting to But, but field. it's his
4: decision. Yeah. Matt Nagy will do whatever he has to do to make this franchise a winning franchise, even if that means waiting a month and a half to put the best quarterback on the field.
0: So, yeah. Uh, so do you like uh, the Bears plus the five and a half or or Raiders you know, minus five so and a half? a
4: handicap in the Bears team because talent-wise, if you want to handicap them off talent, they have talent. You're handicapping them based off of Coaching is when it gets dicey, but I like the fact that Bill Lazor is now the one actually calling plays. Mm. Um, I'm higher on the Raiders than you've been this season, yep. so I'm not looking to fade the Raiders. I'm not betting this game. I would lean towards the Bears getting the points in this. I think their defense could could pressure Derek Carr. What, what the charge were able to do to Derek Carr the other day was impressive. They were able to pressure him. That's the thing with Carr. And yeah. If you're able to get him early in the game, Start second guessing his reads,
0: and that's how bad he is. James Alvarino, you follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. Always love chatting NFL with James. We will uh, turn our attention to college football coming up next, and I'll give you another winner because I had one on Thursday. Let's go for another one on Saturday. Just winning's fun, right? It's so a look ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg here on VC.